you're literally creating division and a barrier between you and other people. And so when you get offended, you're you're creating something that is unwelcoming. It's something that is, I'm not looking for resolution. I'm just looking to be right. Yeah. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim, two pastors discussing practical details about life, leadership, parenting, and being more centered around Jesus first. The goal of this show is to help you keep your eyes on Jesus through the busyness of life and clutter of your schedules. Now, join us for the conversation. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. We're so glad you're joining us today. And if you are not watching on video, we're here on video too on YouTube. Yes. If you'd like a video version, we're glad that you're with us. And like we always say, you know, please subscribe and share. Not like that. I'm sure you hear that from every podcast, but it really spreads the word about what we're doing. And I think back to the podcasts that I really enjoy are the ones that I want to share. And so don't do it because I say so. But if you hear something today that drives you deeper to Jesus, that keeps your eyes on him more, then just do us a favor and share it. Comment in the Eyes on uh, Jesus Facebook community group uh, with your thoughts on the episode. We'd love to hear from our community uh, what God is doing in your life. And so let me say hi to Drew over here. How are you doing, Drew? What's going on today? Hey, man, I'm offended, bro. Okay. I'm just Let's offended. Should we unpack it first? <laughs> Should we do that? So in case our listeners don't know, this whole episode's one... <laughs> In case you didn't read the title, yeah, uh, it's it's on being offended. When we were talking about doing this episode, I had no idea that in the middle of it, I would be in a in a state of being offended. And so it's worked out really. It's worked out really well. <laughs> we can process before we talk to you guys. We can pro- right. You know, I can I can speak from a place of I've been there and done that. I've I've been on the side of offense. I've offended other people, and now I'm literally speaking from a place of I'm in the middle of it. What I'm really relying on right now is my relationship with Christ. What I'm really relying on right now is the wonderful fact that I don't have to walk around carrying anger and bitterness, but that in forgiving the other person uh, or the other group of people and in trying to lead with curiosity and understanding and empathy and kindness, as hard as that is, as much as the flesh side of me wants to really just, you know, get back at them and, you know, be vengeful and all that. It's like, you know what? I love that I don't have to carry this around and I can just stay focused on Christ and stay focused on what he has next for me and and what I need to do in this season. So I'm thankful today that I know Jesus and I'm thankful that I've experienced this so much in my past that I know how to handle these moments. But that brings us to why we're doing the episode. Yeah. We know this is going to happen. We know people are going to offend others. We know people are going to get offended and we know people whether they know Christ or not might walk around with that bitterness, that anger that leads them to be jaded. Like they might walk around with that for a while. So I think we need to unpack how we should approach being offended, how we should approach offense, what it means. And like, what does the Bible say about it? How should we handle it? So yeah, that's where we are, man. I'm excited for the episode. I think (laughs) a lot of people are going to enjoy it. Yeah. It's one of those things that I think has, it feels like it's escalated since COVID, where the increase in social media and the increase in political divides and socioeconomic issues has really caused this gap between, hey, let's let's chat. Let's have a conversation. At the end of the conversation, we'll go about our ways. You can believe what you believe. I'll believe what I believe. But at least we can be civil. Like that's gone. Like we don't have that it's anymore. Gone. It's that you better believe what I believe or I'm shunning you out of my life completely because you offend me and everything you say offends me. Man, that's so tough because no one's exempt from those feelings because we're human and those things will rise up when you start to have conversations, when you've been hurt, when you've been burned, when you've been brought into a place of, oh, I I thought we were cool and now you're bringing up this stuff like... Sure, like I'm going to be defensive. I'm going to try to protect my own. I'm going to protect yep. my family and my reputation. I'm going to do all this in a self-righteous type of thing where I'm really just protecting uh I'm protecting God. I'm not protecting me. I'm I'm defending right. God because he needs defended. 
you know, right. that puts us down a tough path. And so we'll talk about that today in different areas that we might be offended. And what does it actually mean to take an offense or to be offended? And I, I like the definition, which is an annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult or to disregard for oneself, one's standards and principles to cause displeasure, anger, resentment, or wounded feelings. We just did a feelings episode. Yep. Wounded feelings. My goodness. This is the big part of offense is my feelings are wounded. And so it's not just yep. about what's truth. It's not just about what even is right. It's not about what's biblical. It's about me and my annoyance with you, my resentment, my anger, and my wounded feelings. So that's a big thing to get off the bat is that we're not talking about, oh, I want to stand up for truth. I want to stand up against, you know, uh, whatever's happening in culture. I want to stand for right. that. Uh, no, th that's great. Like, that's not what this episode is about. This is about right. you sinning and taking anger up as you're, you know, you're putting on the belt of anger, not the belt of truth. And right. you are resentful towards those that don't feel like you feel, or you've been wounded and you need to forgive. Yeah, that's, you're exactly right. And I love the word in the definition that says by a perceived insult. Right. You don't even know right? it's true yet. Like, we don't even know it. Right. We don't even know it's true. So, so what that means is I'm going to make up my own narrative. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and decide what, like, all the information for the other person on behalf of the other person. Yeah. And then I'm going to put that on me. And man, if you're wired like me and built like me, that's when you start getting in your mind and going, well, that can't be because what about, you know, this, 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 this. And if I ever saw him, this is what I would say. And if I ever saw her, this is what I would say. And that, you know, then they'd probably say this. And then if they said this, I would say that. And then they would say, and it's like, man, you're drowning yourself. Yeah. You're just drowning yourself in your feelings by a perceived insult and the immaturity in that of not trying to gain wisdom, not trying to gain knowledge, not trying to gain what's really going on and the immaturity of not starting with, man, I wonder what they're going through. Right. I mean, if we were to take this even to an actionable standpoint of like road rage, mm -hmm. you know, there, there are times that I do something on the road whether I know I'm doing it or not, that might make someone angry. They flick me off or, you know, they give me one of these in the rear view, like, what are you, like, what are you doing or whatever, yeah. or, you know, honk the horn or they cut me off or they pull up next to me. Like who knows, right? We've all experienced road rage in one way or another. Yeah. Imagine what must be going on in that person's life for something that happens literally every day and something in the big scheme of things that's incredibly small. Yeah to send them just over the edge. Yeah. Like that's why when I see these videos on like TikTok or these Instagram reels of mm -hmm. people that are like following people because of road rage or like they r literally run into them and wreck their car. I'm just like, imagine what they must be going through yeah. to be on that level of rage and anger and bitterness towards someone. It's like, man, you, you got to feel sorry for those people. And, and, you know, look, sometimes it's me and I got to check myself and go, yeah. what, like, what am I really mad at? Am I mad at that? Or am I mad at something else? So yeah, that word perceived really key. Yeah. I saw that in, in work in retail for so long, like so many people that get upset, like you're really not upset over a 50 cent coupon that's expired that you want us to take. Like you really have something going on that you need yeah. to be right in this situation because life is kind of coming at you right now and you feel like everything's crashing. And so that your sense for control, like if at least mm -hmm. I can control this one thing, then right. I feel like things are okay in my world. And so that happens a lot. Like I just people that complained about the wrong color birthday cake or the wrong, you know, temperature of their coffee. Like, mm -hmm. and that's not that all complaints are, are that way, but like the ones that were really like outrageous, I look back on, I'm just like, man, I, I should have had a little more patience with these people that in the moment I'm just like, oh, this is our policy or, and I tried, you know, if, if you're kind to me, I'll be kind to you type of thing in that, in that environment sure. that, it, that I don't take abuse very well when you're just cursing at me, but um, right. it comes from a place that, okay, it's really not about that, that one little thing. It's really not about, right. and, and we see that in church too. Like it, it's really not about this one little thing you're going to point at. There's something deeper going on. 
or there's been something brewing for a while and you're choosing this one thing to kind of point at when there's a deeper thing we need to go, go after, or there's something deeper going on in your marriage or at your work or with your relationship with God that we need to figure out first before we talk about, you know, the sound of worship music or the, you know, the level of air conditioning in the sanctuary, like, right. So a lot of times what you see on surf on the surface level is not the root cause. And so it's easy to get offended by someone that's like, why would you, why are you even bringing this up? That's so irrelevant instead of saying, okay, right. what's really going on? Like, yeah, we can fix this surface issue, but as someone that's accountability with you or as someone as your friend, like, how can we get to the root of this? So we don't break the friendship. So we don't go our own ways over something so trivial. And that's where it takes really a getting to the root of the issue and, and going forward in a place of looking for solutions instead of looking for division. When I think of taking yeah. offense, you know, I've, I heard this a long time ago is if you take a fence, if you take a white picket fence, okay, think about this imagery. If you take a white okay. picket fence and you put it in front of you, you've now created a barrier between you and the other person. So yeah. when you take a fence you're literally creating division and a barrier between you and other people. And so when when you get offended, you're you're creating something that is unwelcoming, it's something that is I'm not looking for a resolution, I'm just looking to be right. Yeah. And the Bible has a lot to say on this, and we're going to yep. go through and, and talk about some Bible verses. There's also an awesome book that we've been reading called Unoffendable if you're on the video version. Uh, it's orange and black unoffendable by Brant Hansen. This book goes over every kind of issue and we're not going to really talk about the book per se, but there are some quotes in here we can look at, uh, but the Bible, like just a couple of verses off the bat, like Proverbs 18, 19, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. Yeah. Proverbs nineteen eleven. good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. That's so key. Right? Like right there. That's so key. Overlook an offense. Don't take offense. Overlook it. And think about what you're then displaying to the people around you. Mm -hmm. You know, think about think about all the people that are expecting you to react a certain way. Yeah. And and you go, there's 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 a higher calling on my life. There's something bigger going on here. I think that is. That's so important for us to keep in the forefront of our mind that if our life is ours, it's surrendered to Christ. Those of you out there that are that are Christians and have taken that step, then when we are offended, we have to take a pause and we have to understand that there's something deeper going on here. There's something more going on here. And maybe is this an opportunity for us to get over it, get past it so much quicker and and in a sustainable way that other people would look at our life and go, wow, there is no doubting mm-hmm. that that person right there uh, is is onto something, is pointing people to Christ, is living differently. That's where you really show that you are transformed by the Holy Spirit. It's a wonderful thing. I think it goes back to that sense, sense of control. Like if I actually deal with this and figure it out, I might actually be wrong. Once I hear the other side of the story and once we come to a resolution and mediation that maybe I don't get my way fully and I have mm-hmm. to succumb to their demands, like in a courtroom, and man, I don't, if I'm just taking offense, like in my mind, I'm getting all the the praise or whoever's on my side, I can rally around me. And this happens with gossip too. Like oh, big I, time. I've said this to people, they're like, I've heard these people gossiping. Why don't they come to you and tell you? It's like, because then they would lose their power. The power in gossip Ooh. is by telling other people and not going to the source. Because Huge. then you're you're seen as, oh, someone with insider knowledge, someone that has like this edge scoop that I can hear this, this juicy little bit of information. If you actually go to the source and get it out in the open, you lose that power to gossip. And I yeah. think the same thing when you are offended, when you take an offense, you don't want to resolve it because then you lose that somewhat that power because we know that if you're offended, you can find other people that have the same offense as you. You just can't. That's 
Especially so if you package it in a way that says, oh man, can you imagine this person's doing this? And isn't that mm. horrible? Oh yeah. If you put it that way, of course it's horrible. I'm on your side now. And all of a sudden you, these battle lines are drawn and yeah. you have 10 people that are for you. And the other side is grabbing 10 people for them. And it's soon this blown out issue where the first two people that started it should have just dealt with it instead of rallying people to their side. And it would right. have been done with. Right. And that's why I think it's really important for everyone to have a way that when they get offended, they deal with it Yeah. so that you already have your answer in place. So for me, the way that I do that, you've heard me talk about this before, FBC, feeling behavior concern. Mm -hmm. I already make up my mind that when someone says something that I'm offended by, I ask myself, what am I feeling? What was their behavior? And what am I ultimately concerned about? And then I try to convey that as quickly and as calmly and in all humility as I possibly can in order that my anger and resentment just get shut down mm-hmm. so that I can move forward in in the process. I, I can give you a thousand examples, but you know how it is in ministry. It, it doesn't take long for you to offend somebody, especially when you're trying to build culture, especially right. when you're trying to build something. And chances are God's not going to speak to you the way that they're speaking to somebody else. God's not going to point you in the same direction and getting there the exact same way as somebody else. Yep. That's why the Bible speaks about unity being so important. So not just with personal relationships, but in ministry, if somebody offends me, then the first thing I know I'm doing is I'm I'm FBC. I'm going feelings, behavior, concern. So what that means is I'm going to sit down with someone and say, hey, I, I want you to know. Um, I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really offended. I'm feeling disrespected. I'm feeling um, devalued, mm-hmm. and and I'm I'm feeling like I'm not important. And the reason I'm feeling that way is because you did da 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 da, da right? And and now that you've done that. Like my concern is that it's it's going to take a toll on our relationship or my concern is that other people are going to think this about you and I don't want to see that for your life or my concern would be that other people are going to see you gossiping and think that that's how we handle our issues and I don't I don't want people thinking that and then and then you just let the other person talk yeah. So that's what I try to do. And, and that's the structure I've built. It can be different for everybody, but I think it's important, much like we say, you need to already have your yes ready before God asks you to do something because mm. you'll get in your feelings and then go, well, I don't really feel like <laughs> saying yes. You need to already have your, your offense ready to be handled. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to get offended. You know, you are. Right. So knowing that, what's going to be your process? What's going to be your immediate response? Because it can't be, well, it depends on the offense, or if I get offended, I'll just wait and see how I feel. You can't do that because you'll make mistakes. You'll say things you'll regret. Yeah, You'll certainly say things in your mind that you'll regret, or you might even be in your feelings so long that you start thinking the other person that offended you is right. And now you just offend yourself all the time because of how you talk to yourself. That's my, that's the like worst. It's too late right? to deal with it because it's already right. escalated to this point. So I just got to live in this offense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a really bad place to be. So you're right. Like you said, Proverbs 19, 11, like slow to anger. We've got to overlook an offense. There's, we've got to build a system for that. We've got to mm-hmm. build a process for that. That's maturity. That's understanding. This is going to come. The enemy is going to attack me this way. I need to build up a defense. And the way to do that is going to be a structure or a system or some kind of habit that when it happens, you know how you're fighting that battle. Yeah. I didn't even know about this. I don't remember this verse in Ecclesiastes, but I love it. Ecclesiastes 7.21. Do not take to heart all the things people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. (laughs) It's like... Okay, you're right so worried on. about what other people are saying. Just remember all the stuff you have said that God has forgiven oh, yeah. you from. Oh, and, yeah. you know, the road rage that you're like, oh my gosh, what about this? And then, you know, or the things that you've gossiped. Like, I think we're so unaware of when we gossip, you know, because a lot of times we disguise it in the sense that, oh, this person needs prayer or, you know, or trying to rally people on our side and making ourselves feel right in our own eyes. That I think that if we actually, if God was like, all right, you want to start, 
you know, see the record I have and all the stuff you've said that I've forgiven, <laughs> right? Like, I think that's looking inwardly when offense is looking outwardly, right? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, so as we move forward inward. in this discussion, there's three things we thought we could share with you guys. And this is for Christians. So if, if you're not, if you're listening and you're not a Christian, first of all, thanks for being here. And if and absolutely love to hear from you, you know, what, yep. what drew you into this podcast and why you're listening. And most of our listeners are probably going to be Christians. And so three ways we can be offended as Christians. And it, it's pretty simple. We can be offended against other Christians. We can be mm-hmm. offended against non-believers. Mm-hmm. We can be offended against God who we serve. And so we're going to break each one of these down. Let's do the it. first one we want to talk about is against other Christians. And yeah. this is a big one. This uh, is where I usually find myself finding, uh, taking offense in things people have done or said in the church, or I've been a part of church splits that have destroyed churches. I've been a part of elder boards that have been chaotic and people looking to sabotage the church. I've been a part of comments about me or my wife that have been, okay, but if you actually talk to us, you realize that's not even close to being true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I get protective. I get offended. I get in a place where I have to be right. I need them to see it my way so that they can understand. Yep. Again, going back to the place that what do we do? I mean, there's a prescription for this in Matthew 18, 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses Mm -hmm. to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to even the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. This is the prescription. If you're if a Christian brother or sister sins against you or perceived sin, mm-hmm. like let's just be clear, if it's a perceived sin or fault or something that you are taking offense by, you go to that person first. You don't email the pastor first. You don't right. mass email all the elders and put it on social media. You don't even you don't even tell like 10 of your friends. Like you first go to that person. And you deal with it. And I cannot tell you, and you know this, Drew, how often (laughs) this is completely not even part of our, not even in the, in our thoughts is something we should do. It's not. And working in ministry, (laughs) this is, I'll just say what I think everyone's thinking. This is everything that's wrong with the church. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is church splits. This is, I think we should be doing this. This is, I think the pastor should be doing this. Do they know? I mean, do they even know what's going on? And I, you know, I'm part of the pastor son, you know, generation here that grew up and watched people say bad things about my dad. And then I had to shake their hands on Sunday mornings in the lobby and pretend I didn't know what they said. Yeah, or people say bad things about my mom, and I have to shake their hands on Sunday morning <laughs> and pretend I didn't know what they said, you know. Right. And and now, now I am the pastor, and guess what? I shake hands with people every Sunday, and I know what they've said. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's it's really something. It's really something. And I think this is why the Bible calls for unity so much. And I think this is why the Bible says, "Hey, you know, this is how you're supposed to deal with it," because there's so much honor and respect and assuming the best in someone to go directly to them. And and here's, here's what I know. I've never, ever, ever, ever in my life gone to someone directly and said, listen, Tim, you really, uh, man, you, you really hurt my feelings. You really, uh, offended me. You really went against me when you did this. I've never in my life started a conversation like that. And the other person go, well, that's exactly what I was intending to do because I hate you. I can't stand you. I've never in my life had that happen ever, ever, ever. If I'm going the biblical approach and I go to them one-on-one, I'd say nine times out of 10, Mm -hmm. it was incredibly unintentional. And there were other variables in play, the time of day how sleepy, how tired, how upset, what else is going on in their life. So many variables going on. Yeah, And then they just chose to say something they wish they didn't say or do something they wish they didn't do. Like I said, nine times out of 10, it's like, oh man, I'm so sorry. 
Yeah. That's not what I meant to do. And I know I should have done that. I just, I felt like this and I couldn't, and man, I'm sorry, but this is how I feel now. And then I'm like, Hey, it's all good. Like, Mm -hmm. let's figure out this. And, and then you move on. And like it says, like it says, if he listens to you, you've gained your brother. How many times have you gotten on the other side of that conversation and been like, I'm, I'm like ready to go. This is awesome. This is really cool that now we're on the other side of this. Yeah. I feel like I've, I, you really do. You feel stronger. I think this is why in your marriage, if you and your spouse can learn how to communicate and get on the other side of fights, you'll learn that the, the um, more and more you come out on the other side of battles, the more and more you're stronger. And you're like, yeah, we're, we're invincible now. Like we're yeah. going to absolutely crush everything. So I, I think it's important that the Bible lays it out that way. I think it's important that we follow suit. And like I said, I've I've never had a conversation where somebody's like, yeah, no, I was trying to absolutely screw everything up and I hate <laughs> you. Like I've just never had that happen. No. And it's often a game of telephone, you know, the, the old game of telephone that I yep. played in grade school. It's often that you've heard it from someone who heard it from someone who heard it from someone. And by the time you actually yep. get back to the source, it's way <laughs> different than what you're thinking is the case. And that's yep. again, why gossip so, so dangerous because just go to the source, figure it out. Don't let it, the sun go down in your anger. Don't let it it fester. You know, that's right. what I see happen a lot is that it just is because it's not dealt with, it, it grows, it, it gets legs of its own. It starts to be this huge thing where it could have just in the moment been squished and mm-hmm. moved on. But now, you know, you get the wives involved where it started with the husbands. Now the wives are involved and their small groups are involved. And by the time it gets to the pastors, it's like this huge thing. And it's like, Okay, let's trace it back to what actually started. Oh my goodness, if you just said this, it could have been done that night. <laughs> right. It could have been done. And now we're dealing with this huge thing. Yeah. Like, my goodness, you took offense. You told your wife, and now she's offended. And now her girlfriends are offended, offended. And it's just like I've seen that happen so often. And it's, it's never our intent. You know, it's never our intent to it's just because you take offense and in your own mind you you're you're perceived as righteous i have this this right to be right now i'm going to make sure that i get what i want out of this totally we have to know that when okay we're talking about other christians here when other christians right. come to us right they're going to have different walks of faith they're going to have right. different levels of their accountability to god they're mm-hmm. going to have different, you know, ways of dealing with things based on how they grew up, based on what church they've been a part of in the past. They're going to have church hurt themselves if they've been a Christian right. for very long. I mean, church hurt right. is very real. You have sure. a podcast about this before. You know, uh, we did I this. did. And Absolutely. so, like, we have to understand where Christians are coming from sometimes, and you don't know right. that without talking to them. And also, the other part of this is that we often don't get offended by what they do to us personally. We get offended by how they're living their life. And and we take on our personal convictions that the Holy Spirit has convicted us of, and we push that on other people. And now if they're not doing something that I've been convicted of, they're at fault. And yeah. we are not the Holy Spirit in other people's lives. Right. Like there is one Holy Spirit and we can speak truth into people's lives. We can love them, but we're never meant to like convict them and, and shame them for sinning a certain way. Nope. A good example of this, like if you smoke, right? If you smoke... Yep. Let's say I smoked for 10 years. I went to church on the 10th year. Holy Spirit convicts me. I throw out my cigarettes. I'm like, I'm free of that addiction. I don't want it anymore. Praise God. Like, that's my story. Now, on year 11 of not smoking, I'm looking at the smokers and I'm like, you need to stop because it took me 10 years, but finally I've been convicted of it. And now I'm going to tell every other person who's on their own journey and their own path and might be on year five of 10 themselves where eventually they're going to get to that point. Now I'm going to tell them why they're wrong because of, because of my journey. And that's what I see happening a lot is like, what about the grace that God had for you for 10 years? What, what about Oh, no, that? no, no, Tim. No, no, no. We only have grace for people who sin like we do. That, right, right, absolutely. I thought that's how it worked, right? Yeah. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? We have grace, but only for people that do, <laughs> do what we do. Yeah, we, we, have to, we have to get over ourselves and we have to remember where Jesus found us. Mm-hmm. And you're right. We're it's not our job to fix anyone. It's our job to point to the person that can help fix. We got to do that with conflict. So, that, so I think that's a great 
uh, great discussion, great scripture around how we can handle that and uh, that offense against other Christians. But but that's not like you said earlier, that's not the only people that we're going to be offended by. Right. Right. So so what do we do when we're offended and the other person is a non-believer? And so now they don't have the scripture of Matthew 18. Like they don't have that specific layout of how to handle this. Like, what do we do at that point? Yeah, that's, that's a big one, especially in the culture when you can see things on the news and you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's happening right now in Washington, DC. I can't believe that that's happening at whatever stadium that they're portraying Jesus like this. Like, and there's a difference between right. The, the righteous anger of like, oh my goodness, like we live in a sinful world versus like, I hope they all go to hell tomorrow. Right. Right. And I think in this, in this book on offendable, he says the thing that makes your anger quote righteous is the very thing you're called to forgive. right? Right. Jesus said on the cross, forgive them. They don't know what they do. He led by example when, you know, he was surrounded by sinners and he was never offended by their sin. Right. He, he never left them in their sin. He called them to more. He called them to follow him and give up that sin, right? Go and sin no more. Right. Yeah. The people that were offended were the Pharisees, right? Matthew 15, the disciples came to Jesus and said, do you know the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? So a lot of times we see the Christians offended by what the sinners are doing, but Jesus yep. is not offended by the sinners. He knows the answer is him. He knows the answer. And so when we see that happening in the world, it should move us to a place where, God, what are you calling me to do? How are you calling me to pray? How are you calling me to be an intercessor on this issue? Right. And it's not easy. Like, believe me, I, I've seen crazy things in the last two years. I haven't seen the last 20 years just on social media and things that people are doing in the world. And I have to sometimes turn off social media and just pray. And sometimes I have to, and sometimes I don't. And sometimes it puts me in a foul mood and I'm just like, God come back and, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, these sinners, you know, like in our, the disciples asked for that. The disciples asked to cast down fire, like Elijah on the people that were making fun of them. And Jesus is like, that's not what I'm here for. Right. <laughs> you know, I am not here for that. Who you think that I'm that, that Elijah, I'm not, no, that's not what this is. Right. The right. chosen. I love that scene in the chosen, but so, yeah. So how do you deal with that? When you see things that are, are against God's word are things that, or even like the Sound of Freedom movie came out this year, right? And just an amazing movie. Yes. And you wow. walk out and you just have this like, you have almost this offense that this is happening in this world. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, how do you process that? Well, I think the first thing you got to ask yourself is like, who are you called to be specifically? Mm-hmm. So as a as a Christian, one thing that I recognize is, you know, not everybody, if we were to if we were to go look at like characters of the Bible, not everybody's a David. Yeah. Uh, not every Christian is a David. Now, does does every Christian have the same spirit of David, the same spirit that was living inside? Like, do, do they all have like do we have that? Yeah, we have that boldness, we have that courage. But what I'm what I'm saying is some of us are the Davids and some of us are the Jonas, you know. Um, some of us are the, I'll pick up these stones and I'm absolutely going to wear this guy out. And some of us are like, I'd really rather not have this conversation. Yeah. And so what that should teach us is we all have specific gifts and we all have been wired a certain way. Now I will say this for me personally, this is one of the things that I have struggled with because I have a lot of people in my life that are not Christians. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not my closest friends because I believe your closest friends need to be people that, you know, keep up with your, your core values. But I have a lot of people in my life that are not Christians. And I have spent so much time in prayer wondering like why they won't change their life or why they won't, you know, go submit to Jesus and why my love for them and care for them and me pointing them to Jesus doesn't do that. And why, like, they're just not convicted. And in my prayer life, God's like, look, man, I've I've made you a mouthpiece. Yeah. And that means sometimes you got to say some tough things. And so you got to get really comfortable with 
having uncomfortable conversations. And that was really tough for me. But what I recognized, if we were to keep the theme of like David and Jonah, is that the reason Jonah ended up going into uh, the whale is because he wouldn't go to Nineveh because he had something to say and he didn't say it. Mm. God gave him something to say and he didn't say it. Yeah, that's right. And so for me, I'm like, all right, well, God is now convicted me that my non-Christian friend or my Christian friend, however you want to look at it, but my non-Christian friend in this context is living this kind of way. Who's going to be the person in their life to bring that to their attention? And it's like, oh, oh, that's, that's supposed to be me. <laughs> yep. And it's uncomfortable and you lose relationships, you lose friendships over it. And I hate that. Yeah. But that's for some reason, that's how God has wired me. Yeah. And that's how God has convicted me. So I'll, I'll give you this story. There was, I, have I told you that I, I want to make sure I don't like double down on stories too much because I only have so many. <laughs> but uh, have I told you the story about the guy and girl on the treadmill at my gym? Have I told you the story? Oh, the married couple? Yeah. But we have new listeners, they're, so yeah, they're sure. both. So they're yeah. both they're both married, right? Mm-hmm. They're both married, but one's a one's a Christian married to a, another woman, and she is a non Christian married to another non Christian man, and they walk beside each other on the treadmill every morning. Saw them, saw them this morning, and they might even listen to this podcast, and I don't care because they they know that I've already told them this to their face. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept going like, why is he doing this? He's the Christian. He should be setting the example. Why is he doing this? And then why is she doing this to her husband? But then I'm like, oh, can I really like hold her to the same standard? And then I was like, oh, who's going to bring it to their attention? And God's like, hey, (laughs) Hey you. And I'm like, yay. Now we don't really talk that much at the gym. I mean, we say, hey, and all that stuff, but they're kind of more standoff, you know, at this point. But bringing it to his attention of like, look, man, she's not held to a standard, but you are, you're a Christian, you're married, you've made this, you've entered into a covenant with your spouse and with God. And and now you're displaying it like this. And so we've got to figure that out. And then with her, it's like, Hey, you're just, just so you know, like you're really dishonoring your husband by just being on a treadmill next to this guy for hours on end. Like just because the way it looks. So we've got to ask ourselves, like, how are we wired? How has God called us and that, that I think is really important in how we handle it, because I think there are some people who are absolute prayer warriors and their job is to go in a room somewhere and through convict, convicted prayer, absolutely be on their hands and knees for the other party in yeah. order that there might be a shift in their life. Yeah. Um, I believe that while I'm called to pray, I'm, I'm also called to action and that I've been given for some reason, a mind that sees that and seeks it out and is willing to speak into it at the detriment of relationships in order that there be integrity. And it's hard. And, and so that means that you're not always going to be understood. That means you're not always going to be liked, but you have to be obedient. So I, I think it's a personal relationship. I think it's a personal calling. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And going back to like when we see injustice, right? Like these are things that yeah, we we should do something about it, especially if God's put it on your heart. If you have a conviction, like if that pains you, then then find mm-hmm. out what God is calling you to do. And I love in, in this book too, you know, he says, what about injustice? He has a whole chapter about it. He says, the Bible gives us ample commands to act and never ever says to do it out of anger. Anger and actions are two very different things. So yeah, do mm-hmm. something about it, right? But when you start to have anger over sin that you see, yeah. realize the source. Like, they don't know any better. That's why I I really don't like when you go up to the LGBTQ and then like you're sinning, you're going to hell, right? Like, first of all, they don't believe that. Like they don't right. Like, don't point them to the sin, point them to the one who saved them from there what they go. don't even know. Like, that's the difference, I think, is when you see non-Christians acting like the world. Yet yeah, what do what else do you expect? Like, consider right. the source, consider that that's even more reason why. We have a great commission. We have this right. call upon us to preach this good news. This is not just, you know, mediocre news. It's not just something like, oh, I really don't want to tell people about this. That's like if the you believe the gospel, news. it is good news. It is for the lost. It is for those that you might want in your flesh to be offended by. But at the end of the day, you have to say, God, what are you calling me to 
to do, realizing this world is broken. And, and but thank God that he's done something about it. He sent his yeah. son for those people. And then realizing we have to introduce them to Jesus and, and the Jesus they've heard multiple times, more than likely not the true Jesus of the Bible, some right, you know, made up culturally sensitive type of thing that's not true. Right. And, and and so that's more like at, in mass. And then if you have a non-believer friend, like you're saying, you know, yep. you, you can't necessarily hold them to that standard. But I say, like nah. I've said this before on the podcast, have a seat in the table of someone's life. And so when the opportunity yep. comes up and they see that you have maybe peace or that you have a good marriage, or they see that you don't go to this movie with them and you bow out, yep. <clears throat> why? Tell me why. Like once that why question is asked, you've already placed yourself in the in their life and you're given that voice and use that voice like right don't be offended I, i'm so offended my friends are going to this movie like no like you're you taking a stand and, and on a deeper level persecution like blessed are you when you're persecuted and because they persecuted me the bible yeah. says and so don't be so in a, in a position that you're not understanding that this is n- not even about the person sometimes this is about right the spirit that they're in, the, the God of this world that they serve, it, it's not even about like before the surface issue. It's not even about that. It's about a deeper, dark darkness in their spirit that need, they need the light of Jesus. <clears throat> okay. So I think I've got it. So if I have an offense by another Christian, then I need to go to Matthew and I need to read where it says I need to go to them. And if they listen to me, I've gained a brother. And if they don't listen, then I need to go to then the church. I need to go to the elders. I need to try and figure this out. Then I know, okay, but but if they're a non-Christian, I don't I don't hold them to the same standard as a Christian. Right. And I, I really have to understand where they're at and where they are in their walk. And if they're not a Christian, then I I I have to really just try to not guide them away from their sin, but guide them to Jesus. Right. So not stop doing that. But did you know that there's this person, Jesus? Yeah. But what happens when the offense comes from God, (laughs) whether it be on a Sunday morning, something the preacher says, whether it be in a quiet time with God, or whether it be you prayed about something that you knew 100% was supposed to be a certain way, and God's like, it's not going to be that way. Mm. Like, what happens when, when now God has offended me? Mm. That's the part of this we don't want to address because it sounds like we're sinning by even asking the question. But if we're honest right. with ourselves, there are offensive things. There's offense that we take, righteous or not, or right or not, against God because of our flesh, because of the world we live in, because he didn't answer our prayer a certain way. Yep. And starting with the Bible, like the Bible is offensive. It should be offensive to our flesh, 100%. And so when you struggle with something, when you're dealing with something, when you hear that sermon and it convicts you, you have probably one of two options. You have... You can either go down the path of doing it God's way, or you can say that, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, that's irrelevant in the Bible. That's not for today. Like, you can, right. I heard this awesome thing I, f- I mentioned all the time on the Carrie Newhoff podcast, but he had someone on, I forgot who it was. He said, it's much easier to change your, your beliefs than your behavior much easier to change your beliefs than your behavior. And he was talking about deconstructionism. He was talking about how usually, no, usually he said, usually if you're sinning, yep. you will change your beliefs instead of your behavior. Because, and this is, he's like, you talk about progressive Christianity. Okay. I still want a, I still want to be a quote Christian. I still want to believe in Jesus and go to heaven, but yep. all that but. stuff about marriage, all that stuff about <laughs> sin, all that stuff. How about I just change what I believe right now? What happens is when you change your belief, you surround yourself with other people that believe that way. And it sounds really good. And you've solved the problem. Right. Because now you're following a Jesus that's not in the Bible, which is great because naturally Mm -hmm. that will end with you going to heaven. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. No, I don't think so. 
And that's what's so dangerous about all this. When you said progressive Christianity, like this is what is so dangerous. Like if you're listening to this podcast and you're relying, like Christian or not, Christian or not, if you are listening to this podcast and you're relying on other pastors, other people, other Christians, or TikTok to build your faith, and that's the foundation that you're standing on, and you don't spend personal time in the word, you don't spend personal time alone with God, you don't spend personal time in worship, you don't spend personal time in prayer, you don't spend personal time uh, connecting with the creator of the universe. You're just going to rely on anyone else who has an opinion and just adopt those as your own. I'm telling you right now, that is the most dangerous game that you can play. That is so incredibly dangerous. And I would argue, I would argue that if you are a Christian and you're doing that, I would argue that you need to take a really long, hard look in the mirror and decide if you think just some kind of surface level, I believe there is a God is enough. Well, I think too, the, what I've seen people do, just analyze your own life for a second. Look at the last five, 10 years. Are you closer to God now than you were five years ago? Are you more holy? Are you more consecrated? Are you giving sacrificially? Are you giving to the church? Are you giving of your finances and your time? Are you reading the Bible? Are you praying? All these things, progression over time, you should see progression. If you see, if you look back and what you see is you've jumped around to different churches or different cultic beliefs. Yep. Like if you've gone like Hebrew roots and then Masonic Lodge and then like all these weird things, if you've just like searched, if you've been, a, if you've left churches because you didn't want to change, these are things we should look in our own life and say, am I taking offense, which is not causing me to turn more to Jesus and be more holy like him? Right. Like that's when we take offense and not want to change. We just go, I'm just gone. I'm just gone. Maybe we'll do an episode of when you should leave a church because there are times you should. But at the same time, like when we're talking right now, you are offended by the word of God. You're offended by the truth in the word of God. And instead of dissecting it down to the bare minimum that's appealing to you and your flesh, taking it as a whole and and wrestling with tough things, wrestling with God. Jacob wrestled with God. When you wrestle with God, you you come to a place that I'm going to tell God how I feel. I don't want to give this up. I don't want to end this relationship. I don't want to end this live-in girlfriend that I have. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're getting along great, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this. And so I'm going to wrestle with God. But out of that, you should come to a place of submission because you see a God. Yes. And if you don't surround yes. yourself with people, surround yourself with people that can be accountable to you and help you down that path. Cause it's not easy. It's not just, Oh, I heard a sermon today. I'm going to change 20 things in my life. That's not how it works yeah. either. You yeah. have to wrestle with these things. You have to be honest with God. Are your prayers honest? Are you even scared to be honest with God? Are you scared to say, God, I'm struggling with this. Why did you do this? Why did you yeah. not answer my prayer? Help me understand like never coming to a place where you, I don't believe God, I'm, I'm walking away, but God, I know you're there. I know you 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 work all things together for your will, those who are in you, but right now I'm not seeing it. Right now, I don't understand this path that I'm on. Like, can you be honest with God? Craig Rochelle has an awesome book called Dangerous Prayers. Like mm-hmm. pray dangerously, pray in a way that just, you know, like, God, I don't want to just pray, God bless my food, help me have a good night's sleep and keep me safe from all sickness. You know, right. Like, like pray dangerously, like tell yeah. God how you feel. He already knows how you feel, but put words to it. Let the Holy yeah. Spirit come and minister to you. Go seek counsel. Go go yeah. sit down with your a pastor and just let it out. Yeah. When we start to internalize this stuff and compartmentalize it and start to process in a way that is negative, that we start to do these drastic things. Jesus even said, blessed are those who are not offended by me. Luke 7, 23. I love John 6. It's probably one of my favorite chapters is Jesus thinned out the crowd. These are people that came for food and the next day they're there and he's he thinned out the crowd by saying, "You, if you want to follow me, drink my blood and eat my flesh. Thinned it's out the crowd the most... so much that only his core disciples are left. And he's like, do you want to leave too? And then, yeah, I was about to say, then he like rebuked them. <laughs> like, it's the most, 
it's it's just such a bold and savage move and i love it and they're like where else will we go and that's where i am like in my walk with christ like no matter what happens no matter what happens in my life like where else will i go i know this is true i'm gonna wrestle with things things aren't always gonna be easy but at the end of the day i don't i'm not gonna jump religions i'm not gonna i've seen too much i know god too intimately now that i'm not gonna i'm not it's just not an option it wasn't an option for peter when he said that but Jesus doesn't say things like, oh no, I'm trying to get my Instagram followers up. I'm trying to get these, these people. Like I, I need all these people. Like, don't leave, please. I want to, right. I, I take it back. Right. Right. No, he doubled down. He's like, Does this offend you too. He didn't even explain right. himself. He didn't say, okay, just so oh, you guys that's know right. in my inner circle, right. just so you guys right. know, I'm going to die. I'm really talking about the sacraments we'll take later at the last supper. Like, I'm really just talking about that. He's just like, you want to leave too. And so that that's why when you when you see God and you see that in some ways he draws you, in other ways he shakes you up so that yeah. you have to make some tough decisions. And yeah, uh, and in my life, I've experienced enough prayers not go my way mm-hmm. and then recognizing how much better that was for me. Yeah. That oh, yeah, Garth you just <clears throat> right. You just I thank God for unanswered prayers. Yeah. Nice reference. Um, <laughs> then it builds that confidence over time of you going, you know what, even if this is not the way I was going to go, even if I'm offended by this, I trust it. I trust the source. And that's why what you said about having people in your life that can speak to that, it's so important. Yeah. Like you, you can't just rely on, well, you know, I really, I can't see the way that works. Well, yeah, that's why God's so awesome. There hasn't like, we don't love the stories in the Bible that we get. Like we don't love the stories in the Bible where we're like, Oh yeah, no, I could totally see how that would happen. Like we love David and Goliath. Yeah. When David walked out there, you know, every single person was like, yo, he's about to get smacked up. Yo, he's about to die. Yo, Goliath's going to torch him. Like everyone knew this was a bad idea. Yeah. And then David kills the giant. So we can't just look at it and go, I'm offended by the way that was answered. I don't see how this would end well. Yeah. Well, the good news is you don't have to worry about how it ends. Right. If God's called you to it, then it ends for his glory. And that's ending well. Most people in the Bible, you know, you don't see these crazy stories. You might see like one example in their life, in their entire life that's brought to reference. Like I'm reading Kings now and there's a 40 year reign and there's one thing they highlight, you know, and it's like, yeah, man, that's... That's a, a long time, you know, mm-hmm. how much, did, like God, really how much did God speak to you? How much was he silent? <laughs> right. And in our life, we see that I want the supernatural. I want this amazing stuff, right? But it's, it's mm-hmm. not the norm. The norm is the consistency, is the, right. the quote, boring things that keep us on that path, the, the straight and right. narrow of, of following God. And so even when God appears silent, like another quote in this book is whether or not you currently feel that God is around doesn't alter reality. And again, did an episode on feelings. And so the truth yep. of God is there regardless if we feel it, regardless if we had some amazing supernatural thing. And so staying consistent in, in, in realizing there's, there's times when you might just say that, you know, I'm, I'm in it. I'm not really like understanding everything right now, but I'm just, I'm, I'm here. This is where I'm committed to. Yeah. Um, and so I want to move to like when, when sometimes we have offense against God, it happens to those who are in ministry. We are offended by God when he doesn't act like we should. We don't get right. as much praise on our sermons. Like as pastors, this is real. Like I prepped all week for this. And one person out of all this, you know, said something positive, like, yep. God, what, why was it even of you? Look, I'm on social media a lot. I post something. Right. And it's like, God, why, why didn't I get all the likes that I thought I should get, you know? And Healings, you pray for healings, right? Don't see healing sometimes. Right. Church conflict. I got it. Aren't we in your will? Why is this conflict allowed in church? Yeah. Like these are real things that you and I and many people listening have dealt with when you're in ministry, you have a bigger target on you from the enemy. And so how do you not get offended at God when some of the stuff goes down? Yeah, it's the, you know, to go full like pastor mode here, it's like the three Ps, right? Like so. God gives you a preview of where you're headed, and then you immediately want the promise. Mm. But the part we leave out is the process. <laughs> That's good. So for me, like in my own life, in middle school, I was asked 
in a room full of people, I was asked if anyone felt led to ministry to like stand up if they felt called to ministry. And I, I, I stood up, I still to this day, don't remember why, or really even the the point behind it, but I, I stood up cause I felt, I just, in that moment was like, yeah, I think I am. And, and now I'm 36. And when you say I'm called to ministry and you start doing ministry, you have a preview of where God's going to take you, who you're going to be, what kind of leader you're going to be, what kind of church you're called to lead at that point. You know, what kind of speaker you're really called to be? Like, are you going to be more surface level? You're going to go a little deeper. Who are you trying to, you know, uh, minister to like age group wise or families or singles or whatever. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, thoughts behind it when you're talking about an organization, but what we want in our culture is now that I have the preview, now that I know that God is going to do X, Y, and Z in my life, or I feel like he's going to, or I believe he's going to, or he's shown me he's going to, then we go, well, when? Right. And we forget that, you know, for Moses, the process was 40 years. Yeah. So who are we to say when? And what we don't recognize is that the process is very important because that's where God's building your character. And if your clout starts to outweigh your character, it's going to destroy you. So what God wants to make sure happens in you is, hey, here's this preview. This is where I'm going to take you. And I've shown you that because I want you to be excited and I want you to be motivated and I want you to be in this with me because I really do believe that I can do great things in and through you. And this is where I want to take you. And then we go, cool. When are we going to get there? And God's like, not yet. Mm-hmm. And you might answer, you might have an answer for 40 years of not yet. Mm-hmm. God, are we there yet? Not yet. God, are we, are we there yet now? Nope. Are we almost there? Nope. Are we there yet? Nope. When can't tell you. And the reason that's happening and that's such a tension and that's such a struggle. The reason that's happening is because God's building your character and wants to make sure that when you step into a position of having clout or people coming to you for wisdom's sake, or you are speaking into people's lives, he wants to make sure that you're ready for it. And so for me, like you look at my ministry experience, you look at my personal relationship with Christ, it makes a ton, a ton, a ton of sense that God has brought me on the process that I'm still currently in because from a character standpoint, if I would have had this position when I really wanted this position, I'd be done. Yeah, I'd be done. There's no way I wasn't wise enough. I I still like, I still have so many people around me to help me with church situations and people circumstances. So we've got to, We've got to recognize that it's not just about the preview. It's not just about the promise that will come, but there is a process attached to it. That's good. I love that. And just practically, when I think of ministry and I think of a church, let's say 500 to 1,000 people, like that's 500 people that are all in process, that all have different levels of sin and different understandings of the word of God and different craziness going on in their life. Like just you take 500 people, you put them in in a room and you just shake it up. Like that's what church is. And so, yeah, that's going to be crazy and it is crazy. And so when you have all these things come up, like just realize there's not some idolized version of church. Cause when you look at the Bible and you look at even the early church, which like, let's get back to the early church. They had a lot of problems. Peter and Paul a had lot. problems. They were, you know, being killed. You know, Paul wrote all his letters to the churches and they were dealing with some crazy stuff, even in the early church. And so being beaten like, and drug out of the city and walking back into the city. Right. And and sometimes the way God does things like uh, I think it's Acts six or whatever, when when Peter was in prison and it's an amazing chapter where, you know, he they praise and the angel frees them. The very beginning of that chapter, James was beheaded, I think the very beginning of that chapter. So you have an amazing story of of God moving mightily, and then you have a disciple murdered. Done. Yep. And so like you can be offended like, oh man, but then God's moving, God's doing stuff. Just stay connected to the life source. Stay connected right. to what he's doing, not what the world right. is doing, not what the enemy's doing. And, and, you know, so any final thoughts on being offended? Are you less offended after to, we started? Uh, no, I'm still pretty offended. No, um, <laughs> no, I, I am. And honestly, just the experience of it, man. Like if this was, I just see, you know, what, what I'm recognizing 
right now because I told you I'm like in the middle of this like situation where I feel offended. I'm recognizing such growth in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 years ago, I would have needed to call a couple people, needed to talk to my wife, needed to tell everybody every detail, needed to tell everybody how I'm feeling and what I wish somebody would have done and why wouldn't they have done that? And I would have gossiped and I would have brought other people in on it that felt the same way I did. And I would have made up this terrible narrative in my mind and absolutely in my own mind already wrote off the relationship and torched them verbally in my in my mind. And now I'm like, yeah, this stuff happens. Yeah. You know, what I'll tell you is that if everybody loves you, if everybody loves you, chances are you're not doing a whole lot that's very significant. Oh, that's a way to end. Just, <laughs> just saying. Like if if people are mad at you, they're mad at something that you yeah. posted that's biblical. If they're mad at something you said, they're mad because you called them out on their sin or you're mad at the approach you took and you're walking with Christ and you're doing it the right way, not everybody's going to like you. That's great. Hang in Awesome there. way to end, man. So thanks for joining us. If you have any uh, offendable stories, let us I'd know. I'd love to hear. Let so, us know, man. I want to know. We're I really always transparent know. with you. We're like, we want to hear from you guys because we put ourselves out there. Uh, you know, every episode, it seems like with some stuff we got going on. And so, we, you know, we're in a community here together. If we offend you in any way, let us know that as well. So take it. Oh, that's a good one. How have we, that's a great question. How How have we offended you? you? (laughs) Oh, I love it. Oh, let's do it. Maybe it'll lead to a good conversation. Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, until next time, go with God, grow in discernment, keep your eyes on Jesus. Thanks for joining us on the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If this episode blessed you, please share it with a friend. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with the hosts of the show.